joining me this week. Okay, you guys, this week, so I think I've mentioned this in some other videos, but with my kids, the, like my favorite way to do Come Follow Me is to do little devotionals every day, like little like five minute activities. Um, if it's just a discussion, I can usually do it at the breakfast table. If it's a little activity, we can usually do it like right before they go to bed or like one of them we did just today, just in the middle of the day, they got from school and we just did something really quick and fun. So today for Hebrews one through six, we're gonna talk about um, the five like things that I, some of them I've done and some of them I'm going to do with, with our children to kind of talk about um, Hebrews 1 through 6. And there are some there are so much more in here, but we're just going to run through the five things that I'm going to kind of do with my kids and how that looks and what that looks like. Okay, we're going to learn about Jesus. Chapter 1 teaches us um, six things about him. So that's, we're going to talk about that one in a minute. Um, we're going to learn about hardening our hearts. And there's a really fun activity to do with that one. Um, come boldly to the throne of God. This verse is awesome, you guys, when we talk about that one, it's awesome. And how not to lose our faith. There's a really fun activity and a couple of verses that go with that one. And then the, um, there's a whole bunch of um, verses throughout one through six that talk about Jesus in relation to us. So we're going to like just line them up and talk about them. So Hebrews one through six, we're gonna start in chapter one, two through four. We're gonna read these and as I read them, we're going to talk about the six things we learned about Jesus Christ. My favorite way to do this is just to print it off. You can print off one per kid so they can all highlight as they learn the six things, or you can do it as a family so they do it together. However you want to do it, it's really fun to help the kids recognize the six things that they're going to learn about Jesus Christ. So here we go. Um, we'll just start with one just because that makes helps it make more sense when we get into two. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. So that's the first one we're going to highlight. He is heir of all things, okay? Moving on. By whom also he made the worlds. That's number two. He made the worlds. So have your kids highlight that one. Who being the brightness of his glory, his glory is speaking of our Heavenly Father. He's the brightness of our Heavenly Father's glory and the express image of his person. So that's number three. He is in the express image of his person. Speaking of our Heavenly Father. So Jesus Christ is in the image of our Heavenly Father. And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins. So number four, he purged our sins. Sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Number five, he sits on the right hand of God. So good, you guys. Number four, or chapter four, being made so much better than the angels. And that's, that's our sixth point. Being, he was, he's, he's higher than the angels. He's made higher than the angels. We're going to talk a little bit more about angels in chapter two really quickly. So chapter two in verse seven, he's speaking of mankind here and he says, thou madest him, man, a little lower than the angels. And in seven, it says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. So he came below at, you know, when he came to earth. And then if you jump on over to 16, I just love 16 through 18. It's so good, you guys. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. So he went, you know, below, you know, wherefore in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered, being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. You guys, when I was reading these, I was like seriously like circling these chapters. They're so good. Just this idea that 
you know, he went below the angels. He went, you know, he became man, mankind. Well, I mean, he was half God, but you know, he, he came to earth. He had to suffer death. He suffered temptation. He suffered all these things that he might know how to succor us and he might be able to come to our aid. It's so beautiful to think of him as this absolutely kind person because he's been through everything we've been through. Isn't that so, so beautiful? Um, so in chapter two, and we're actually jumping, <laughs> jumping way down here. I'm kind of all over the place here. So we're going to talk really quick about how not to lose our faith. And, it, and it, there's two verses that I love to use for this idea. Chapter two, verses two, and chapter four, verses two. And we're going to combine these two together and we're going to make pancakes. Right? So exciting. Okay. So... Um, chapter two, one, actually, sorry, I said two, two, but it's not, it's two, one, just forgive me. Okay. Therefore, we ought to give the mo the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. We need to give heed to the things that we've heard, the things that we've been taught, the things that we know, lest they slip. Pay attention to that. We're going to move on. And then I'm going to come back and wrap it all together. Chapter four, verse two, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. He's speaking of the children of Israel. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Okay, so here he had just finished talking about the children of Israel in chapter 3. And their journey and how they had been taught the gospel. In this verse we learned that they had been taught the gospel. But it profited them nothing. Because they didn't mix it with faith. So to combine these two ideas, we are going to take flour. And talking about this idea of it slipping through our fingers, you're just going to show them. Look how the slips, right? The first verse we read talks about like, give heed to what you've learned lest it slips. Okay, so we're going to talk about how there's really no substance here. There's nothing to hold on to. It's just kind of like flour, right? And then talking about the second verse, we're going to say, we're going to pretend like this is our gospel. Okay, this flower. Now, the children of Israel, we learn in this verse, were taught the gospel, but it didn't profit them that much because they didn't mix it with faith. So we're going to mix ours with faith and we're going to add a little water and you guys can add other things. I don't know, just plain water pancakes, water and flour pancakes it will taste very good. So, you know, you've got faith. You can talk about um, diligence, you know, going to church, reading your scriptures. Just add what you need to add to your pancakes. And then when you make the pancakes, you show them this no longer is slippery. This is something I can hold on to because it was mixed with faith. Not good. So the gospel of Jesus Christ, like us just knowing the truth by themselves, does us very little. We've got to mix in the faith. We've got to mix in the diligence. We've got to mix in stuff. And then we have a pancake. And then I just think those beautifully tie in both of those verses. So that's for how not to lose our faith. That's a really fun activity to do with the kids, you guys. Okay, moving on. Um, so chapter three. Oh, okay. Let's just go on to Jesus in relation to us because this is kind of throughout all of everything. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really all over the place today, you guys. Um, so you just got to hang in there with me. So this is a fun activity to do with your kids. You are going to find four descriptions of how Jesus Christ is um, like an image of him in relation to us in the scriptures. Okay, the first one is in 210. So take the kids to 210 and have them read them and have, have them pull out what it is, that image of Jesus Christ, what that image is. So let's read it. For it became him, 
For whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. He is the captain of our salvation, made perfect through his suffering. Because of what he's gone through, he is a perfect captain. Now we're talking to kids, you talk about how if one of them were to go out on a ship and try to be the captain with no experience, with no understanding of the seas, no understanding, like, just have them imagine what that would be like for one of them to go out and captain a ship. There's, there's nothing they can do. They've, they've never been through any of it. They've never experienced anything. They have no knowledge. Jesus Christ is the perfect captain. Because of all he's been through and all of his suffering, we have the perfect captain to steer us and help and lead us. Now let's go to 3.1. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. So here he's called the apostle and the high priest. We're going to focus on the high priest one. So I love this idea of him being called the um, high priest of our profession. And he is, they're going to talk about that again um, in chapter 4. Let me think of where it's at. <laughs> He mentions this idea of him being the high priest again. I'm going to have to find it. But anyway, um, so I love this idea of him being the high priest of our profession, of our faith. So that's the next one. The next one's in 3.6. So um, just come down just a little bit from that. Actually, we're going to go to 3.3. 3, 3. 3, 3. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. This man being Jesus Christ was counted, was given more glory than Moses. Insomuch as he hath builded the house... Okay, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. Here referencing Moses as kind of the house, he also references us as the house in verse 6. Um, in verse 6, just a little bit down, he says, Whose house are we if we hold fast to the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope, firm unto the end? So whose house are we? We are the house, but, but who is the builder of the house? That's Christ, right? Isn't that so good to think of him as the builder of the house? So that's the third one. He's the builder of the house. Um, and then the fourth one's in 5.9. So jump on over to 5.9. And it says, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Oh, it's so beautiful. He is the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So he becomes the author Um Okay, so those are, that's a really fun activity to do with the kids, just kind of understanding some of those images of Jesus Christ in relation to us. So that's a really fun one to do with the kids. Um, okay, let's hop over to three. So three, we're going to talk a little bit about the children of Israel and also this idea of hardening not your hearts. So um, in this chapter, we learn that the children of Israel harden their hearts. And because they harden their hearts, in verse 11, he says, So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. I want you guys to remember that because we're going to talk about that again in, cha in chapter 4. But if you go back up to 8, he says, Harden not your hearts. Um, so an activity to do for hardening your hearts is to take a sponge. And we actually did this today. It was really fun. Our sponge was a growing sponge. I don't, I don't even know where we got it. But it was like this little animal that would like grow as it filled with water. So no, you can take a rock and you take a sponge. Any sponge will do it. It doesn't have to be a growing sponge. And <laughs> it was a growing crab. 
just in case you're wondering. Um, so anyway, you take this rock and you pour water on it and you talk about how the rock does nothing. It doesn't absorb it. It doesn't, it just kind of, the water just rolls off the rock. Just, you know, it does nothing. But the um, sponge, no matter what sponge you use, when you pour the water on it, it, it absorbs it. It sinks in. So talk to your kids about knowledge. Talk about when we teach you guys things, you want the heart like sponge. You want it to absorb the teachings. You don't want to be that rock that absorbs nothing, that's angry, that just kind of shuts it out. The one that, you know, and they talk about this unbelief. The children of Israel had a lot of unbelief. So if, if you go with me to um, chapter 3, verse 4, Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But I exhort, this is in 13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So here he's talked about unbelief and he's talked about sin, both in relation to this hard heart. So in 12, it was the unbelief and in um, 13, um, the deceitfulness of sin. Both of those were causing them to fall away. And then in 11, we learned that he swore that they would not um, enter into his rest. So what is our reward? If we have a softened heart, what is our reward? Let's go to 14. Verse 14 of that same chapter, we learn what our reward is. So if, if, we've stayed, if we're faithful, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Hold on to the end. <laughs> um, he uses this idea of con confidence twice now, both when he referred to us as the house um, whose house we are, this is in verse 6, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end, and then again in 14, we're made partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning to the end. So, our confidence. All right, moving on. Now let's talk about the consequences. What would happen if we, do, if we fall into this category of unbelief, this category of sin, this category of the hardened hearts, okay? Chapter 18, it tells us what the consequences are if we don't um, hold fast to that faith and if we fall into the unbelief and the sin. 18, and to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So sad. I, I just, <laughs> when I was reading these, my heart hurt. I was like, oh, that's so sad. So those that fall into this category of unbelief and um, sin, he just, those, those hardened hearts that he talked about, he says they shall not enter into the rest. So speaking of the rest, we're going to come into this, like the summary, I would say, of this kind of story of the children of Israel and their unbelief, their sin, their hardened hearts. That kind of the summary is in chapter 4, verse 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. That rest that he's saying you won't enter into if you fall in these categories. He says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So here he's given us this big example of unbelief, what it looked like, how the Lord swore that they wouldn't enter into his rest, and he says, let us labor for that rest and not fall into the unbelief like like this example that they gave. Okay, now we get to go into my favorite, how um, the come boldly to the throne of God, my favorite verse in chapter four. And it starts in 15. And this is actually where he talks about that high priest. Remember we learned about in um, three, one, him calling him the high priest of our profession. He talks about him being a high priest again here in verse 15 of chapter four. For we have not a high, an, an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Can I just stop right there? I think 
I just I highlighted this because it's so beautiful. We don't have this a high priest that's not affected by our feelings. He is affected by how we feel. He feels our pain. He feels our emotions. He's not this hardened man. He fills us. Let's read it again. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So because of him being tempted, he understands everything we go through. And then in 16, you guys, this is so good right here, right here, right here, right here. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come boldly. Isn't that so good? And that we might find the grace we need. Um, and that's, wow, let me just try it again. So we might find the grace we need for those times that we need it. So when we are struggling, we don't need to go and just be like, I'm really sorry to bother you. Heavenly Father, I could use a little help. It's like, no, Heavenly Father, please help me. Like, I am, come boldly to his throne. Talk to him. He will help you. Oh, just makes me, so, oh, I love these verses. I love these chapters so much. Um, so I think that covers our, <laughs> covers our five points. Um, in chapter, chapter um, five, we learn in five verse four, that you have to be called of God. You can't just um, choose to have the priesthood authority. You can't just choose to baptize and say, I have the authority now because I choose to have the authority. You have to be called of God. Um, so in four it says, and no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God as was Aaron. Aaron set that example of we have to be called, called first. Um, and then, and in chapter six, you guys, my favorite verse is um, 12. Says that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise, the promises. And with our children, just helping them understand what does slothful mean. Slothful means lazy, um, procrastinating, just kind of just not taking it serious. You know, don't be slothful. Help our children know we need to be diligent. We need to, you know, our journey needs to be intentional and with you know, diligence and exerting effort, right? Not being slothful. Okay, you guys, that was so much fun. I hope that wasn't too all over the place, but I had really fun putting it together as far as helping organizing my activities for the kids this week. And then I was like, I just need to share my activities with everybody else. So I did that. And then next week we'll be doing Hebrews 7 through 13. So come back and join me again. Thank you so much, guys. Talk to you later. Bye.